0: Hey, Greyhounds fans. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hounds Huddle podcast on MoravianSports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am L.J. Smith, Assistant Director of Athletic Communications here at Moravian University. And on this episode, we have a repeat guest as I sat down and talked with Jesse Bauman, the Director of Cross Country and Track and Field. Jesse and I will discuss the conclusion of the indoor season, an outdoor conference championship, and hosting not two, but three meets at Breitigan Track and Kelvo Field this past year. So let's get this episode started and reintroduce our guest, Jesse Bauman. And thanks again for tuning in to the Hounds Huddle Podcast, streaming live on the Greyhound Sports Network, MoravianSports.com, or wherever. You listen to your podcast. My first repeat guest on the Hound Subtle podcast, the director of cross country and track and field, Jesse Bauman. Thanks for taking time again to to sit down and kind of go over what happened the past season.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for putting these together and thanks for having us.
0: Of course. Um, So, last time we spoke, uh, we recapped the cross country season, which was obviously uh, very exciting on both sides, and the men coming away with a landmark title, the first since, I believe, 2012. We ended talking about indoor, even though you're about halfway through the season. So we'll pick things up with the indoor season for both the men and women. So talk about that for us.
1: Yeah. uh, Obviously, when you switch from cross-country to track, trying to describe the season is tough when you're nearly, well, in some cases, more than doubling your roster. So you miss a lot of people that you want to highlight. But uh, by and large, there's uh, it wasn't quite what we hoped, to be quite frank. Uh, we want to get a few more people in Nationals and have a little bit better showing when we got to the postseason, especially when we get to conferences. But we still had a lot of really good things. Uh, Lexi Groff was right on the cusp of getting in Nationals in the high jump. Um, Helen Davis, same thing in the 60s. Shane Master was getting really th- uh, close in the throws. Uh, a lot of our distance runners were having some really good marks and moving on to the A-R-T- AARTFC tfc meet. Uh, Crystal Robinson was having a great indoor season. Abby Giamone was, again... Put me on the spot here, but I, I think among <laughs> the bigger standout athletes that really popped up for us throughout the indoor season. So, um, you know, again, it's hard to re- uh, make sure I'm not missing everybody, but by and large, um, with a lot of good things, again, ultimately our goal is to get a few more people to nationals, but there are a lot of really big, bright spots for us as well.
0: Absolutely, and having those standout athletes, we're not trying to single anybody out or, or leave no. <laughs> any, anyone out in, in any of these cases, but you, you named a few with Crystal, uh, Abby Giamani, Raquel Ramey, that, that group mm-hmm. of yeah. individuals coming up on the men's side, Dan Jenkins, Tim yeah. King, a lot of your throwers, uh, Trevor Gray has yeah. also been a great uh, young addition to the program. So seeing kind of how the progression went for indoor itself, what can you look to build off of going into next year? Because obviously that season has ended, and you touched on some of the accolades, but a lot of youth coming up. But you're also losing some key contributors.
1: Yeah, uh, for key contributors, we have a lot of distance runners that are going to be losing. We had, especially on the women's side, had a really good core with like Natalie Stabilito, Emma Marion, um, and the men were losing Max Schumann and. Um, uh, Shane Master, which are really big pieces, but at the same time, the vast majority of our team is returning. It's so rep- for the most part, losing some distance runners, and we have a pretty good class coming in that we can, I don't want to say replace, but at least, you know, there won't be a huge drop-off from that. But, yeah, by and large, a lot of people are returning. Um, I guess I'm kind of thinking of shifting gears to outdoor when you ask this. For example, our women's 4x1 that was mm-hmm. a tenth of a second away from Nationals. Everyone's back. I just mentioned Lexi Groff, who's been a couple centimeters away from nationals for a couple of time, or mm-hmm. a couple of years now in the uh, high jump. She's back. Um, you, you mentioned Trevor Gray. A lot of our men's four by one was running really well this year. They're all back, and a lot of them are just freshmen and sophomores. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of people that we had and were excited about developing last year, we get to work with again going into twenty twenty two twenty three.
0: So seeing the progression of just from some of these first-year student athletes and even sophomore class really getting to compete at the indoor level for the first time, how can you continue to build and shape this program, including the key additions coming in with uh, this new class this year? What do you look to build off of?
1: I think part of it, like one of the things we preach to any class is the consistency throughout the year, uh, even though compared to when they're in high school, if we're talking about incoming freshmen, mm-hmm. they have a longer season, generally speaking, when you're in college, and it usually starts you know, uh, formally at some point in the middle of October, which is longer than what they're used to. But the reality is, is the people that, when we get to the college level, that are taking this seriously, they're training hard from June on. Mm-hmm. So you know, really stressing that and what they need to, if I'm talking about the sprinters, for example, they need to be working a lot of their acceleration work, uh, short hill bursts, some weightlifting, stuff like that in the summer, and building that culture and new leaders to continue to create that environment that they want to keep working throughout the year. So I guess building off of it, in some ways, it's not building off of you're always just trying to sustain that culture people that understand you need to be devoted to this probably at least 48 weeks a year in whatever event group it is. It doesn't matter if it's a distance runner, thrower, whoever it is.
0: You did have some, some decent accolades throughout, uh, especially with all Metro Region honorees for the US TFCCCA. Uh, trying to get that all right full, a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Uh, with Helen Davis, Lexi Groff, Shane Mastro, Crystal Robinson, and Natalie Stablito. You did mention almost all of them already about how they've improved throughout their tenure here, but you do have almost all of them Coming back minus uh, Shane and Natalie, so continuing to improve on just technique aspects. What what do you look to kind of hone in on with their craft individually? How does that work for them?
1: There's a lot of it's just continuing to develop some of their acceleration mechanics, different things in the weight room that we look tr- try and evolve. Uh, Crystal, some we kind of, for example, she's something that keeps ebbing and flowing. Where for example, she made it to nationals in two in the two hundred a couple of years ago, and we kind of even when she came in here, was a little more of a long sprinter, more of that 200 400 mold. And as kind of the 4x1, as our, our group has evolved, uh, she we kind of built her into that and we're continuing to work on her acceleration as an example. Um, and then, you know, our 4x1 nearly made nationals, as I just alluded to. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends on the athlete. Uh, and you kind of go with the flow with how you see them developing. Um, something that just jumps to mind, for example, uh, this is not something we talked about but Adam Gildea for example is someone that we just all of a sudden discovered after conferences we're really excited about him in the javelin throw coach John was working with him a little bit and whenever it was in you know early May and all of a sudden he's starting to throw some 40 plus meter throws in practice and we're like oh my gosh yeah. you know we got something here so Adam's maybe a good example of applying i guess what I'm trying to answer this question with across the board is we always try to keep our eyes open to is there a hidden talent or a way that your training is showing us That we need to kind of drift in so circling it back we're asking with again some people like crystal and helen and whoever else trevor gray whoever else it might be you know it might be some things that we're working again with the acceleration some of their block work i don't know a number of different things as their their progression as an athlete kind of directs us
0: so you finish up the indoor season we're looking towards the outdoor season starting the end of march something that always that you always Uh, take on is hosting two meets in the spring, but this year was a little different. You had three before we get to the regional meet. We'll talk about kind of what took place. You didn't leave the valley really uh, much this outdoor season, uh, going to Lafayette, hosting two meets, Lehigh, um, until you went to conference championships in Susquehanna. Um, So talk about how the outdoor season went for for the group. We
1: said this after the indoor conference meet. I remember my post-meet-little-rah-rah-or-whatever post, uh, post meet little or whatever speech is that I expect us to be a much better outdoor team. Um, for exa- With both genders, we have more depth in the hurdles, for example. So adding the 400 hurdles definitely helps that group, like Ashley Rodriguez and Jason Gartner and a number of others. Um, and then we saw that. We saw a lot better progression with that. With the distance runners and the throwers, too, when you add the javelin, when you add another one of the, the throws, when you add the 10K, stuff like that, it. We expected to help our team, and luckily that came to fruition. Uh, We were much deeper. It's helped our women gain some ground to be able to ultimately win the conference title. We felt like our men's program as a whole was a lot stronger. We're much better represented when we're looking at the AARTFC meet. I think that's another way of Mm -hmm. indicating that um, the outdoor season just kind of suited where our team was at better. Um, with that said, we saw lots of really good progression, continued growth. Um, Zoe Bronson had a lot of injuries throughout the year to see her finally get healthy and, and bounce back. Um, Jared Santos comes to mind in the sprints where he just really exploded in the 200, especially once we hit April. So I guess I'm maybe just kind of highlighting a couple of people, but they're examples of a lot of people that have built throughout the season. And I guess to tie this together, some questions you asked before, a lot of our training module is we there is a progression from early in the season, whether it be September-ish, all the way building into um, later in the season. With our sprinters, for example, we really don't build in a lot of speed endurance until we get the outdoor season. So we kind of expect an annual progression of growth. And a couple people, like I just mentioned, uh, Jared and and Zoe, I could name a lot of other people, they displayed that growth. So I guess it means our coaching staff is doing (laughs) something right. You know, it's kind of like we hoped. So Um, yeah, by and large, we were really happy with how our team evolved and developed throughout the outdoor season.
0: So you have the Moravian invitational and fortunately, if I remember correctly, no weather. Yeah, not that I recall. Normally normally there's some something that, that we endure. The invitational goes well. We have the annual Coach Pollard Invitational and I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what the Coach Pollard invitational represents and honors. Uh, So if you could touch a little bit about that, that way we can give the viewers some knowledge on that.
1: Yeah, so if it weren't for Coach Pollard, um, we don't have a track program here, and I'm well aware of that. I never um, got to meet Coach Pollard, but still what he did for this program, what he meant for this department, and maybe even the school, you could, you know, how he... um, affected so many people in a positive way. It was obvious when I got here you know, about a decade ago. We still have his name played on top of um, our office door for a reason, one of his favorite pictures back from when he helped with hosting um, cross-country nationals along with Mark Well, We make sure to keep that picture in the office because we understood the impact he had on the entire uh, program, the alumni base. Um, so yeah, the the Coach Pollard invite, that's one way that we try to recognize again what he built here, what he started here, the culture he had here. The thing I heard from so many alums in all my time here, but certainly in the first couple of years that I became the coach, is just he was the second father figure. Um, you know, he was someone that would help everyone in so many ways. I remember talking to Bob Ward about a lot of stories. Maybe I shouldn't talk about on this broadcast, <laughs> but you know, you keep expanding outside from just track and field. He had a really positive impact that people, you know, reminisced or thought of him so highly. Um, So, again, even though I didn't really interact with him, I heard from so many other people. Uh, Scott Dapp would talk so favorably of him. I don't know if I'm articulating it really well, but it's just very apparent that he had a really positive impact on, in a literal sense, where he started the program, but just in so many other ways that he was a positive influence for hundreds, maybe even even thousands of student athletes here.
0: And I think being a part of this past year's Hall of Fame with the class that got in with the, the track and field programs... And even hearing the stories of how much Coach P meant to, to just his team, but also, I believe, Abate, the football mm. individual that got inducted, mm. he even took time to note how much Coach Pollard made an impact on him, and he wasn't even on his program. Just having him as a mentor was so beneficial. So knowing that his legacy lives on within this program is an incredible feat to, to you, the program, yeah. keeping it, uh, his name relevant and kind of teaching his ways to this generation of student athletes that come through the university.
1: Yeah, maybe I shouldn't drop this yet, but there's actually some other ways that we're thinking about continuing to um, recognize him, his legacy here, even moving forward. So just that we never want to forget um, what he helped establish, the presence he was, that you mentioned the word mentor, you know, all those kind of things to make sure that that's never forgotten. Uh,
0: moving forward, we had to the Landmark Conference Outdoor Championships. The women's squad comes away victorious with a landmark title. I'll talk a little bit about what that experience was like, because this was—it was down to the wire yeah. Well, yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah, with and this obviously applies. To, you can say this with any sporting event. If, you know, with a football game, there's many plays and things that can go wrong. Same thing with track. Um, we had so many things that didn't go exactly according to script, including one of our top middle distance runners. Um, Coming down with COVID, and we, dude, uh, with the return to play protocols, we just barely missed her coming back by literally about 24 hours. Yep. Um, so you have all these other things that don't go exactly like you want. Um, Lizzie Blasky comes to mind, where she is on the ninth hurdle, and she's about fourth place in the in the high hurdles, and then she just tripped up her trail leg, goes down, and then she scores zero points there's a little error in the scoring long story with that um and there's so many other things that didn't go quite like you wanted but then on the flip side Erin Paycar one of our um, freshman throwers on her final throw she went from I believe she wasn't even scoring to finishing um fifth place on her very last throw and literally that's that scoring differential was among the ways that we had the the difference in the meet uh the four by four is about as nip and tuck and tight as it Possibly could have been. Um, Liz Massa was sprinting over from the the jumps to go to the hurdle prelims, and like all these different stories that come <laughs> come together. So to, it's impossible to summarize because you have a thousand of these you know thoughts going through your heads of all the things that contributed to that. But I guess that's why depth's important. That's what, you know we preach that it doesn't matter who you are on the team if you're you know when we show up to train or at least with the sprint, jump, hurdles, and throwers when they're practicing in October, like. It doesn't matter if you see the Crystal Robinsons and the Lexi Groffs and the Trevor Grace, whoever the on paper, you know, better athletes on our program, like everyone's gonna need be needed. Correct. When we get to the to the meet. And I think if there's a takeaway from us winning the conference meet on, you know, back in May, that was that was it. We needed every <laughs> again, I got Aaron's throw in the shop, but as one example of that we're literally the last throw that was among the ways that we made up the difference
0: in the meet. And a couple accolades coming out of the Landmark Championship meet. Shane Mastro named Landmark Male Field Athlete of the Year, Crystal Robinson, Landmark Field uh, Landmark Female Track Athlete of the Year, and you and your staff named the uh, Coaching Staff of the Year. Not that you want to talk about yourself at all, but praising the staff for everything that they've been able to accomplish with these group of student-athletes.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to recognize that here because um, – uh, It takes a village, you know. I know it's kind of a a cliche, but with Rob Schaefer and Dan McSurdy and Chris Austin and and Coach D'Otavio and um, Coach Davies, the stuff that they do behind the scenes that no one sees, um, all but me and uh, Coach John, they're working jobs elsewhere. You know, uh, Coach Schaefer is driving an hour down from Pottsville whenever he can Mm. to try and help the athletes. Um, Coach McSurdy is working 50-some hours a week in another job before he comes to – work with these athletes so they deserve so much more credit than they get because they are really contributing a lot of our t- their time to help the athletes and help this program and if it weren't for them we're uh, <laughs> I don't know where we, we yeah. wouldn't you know <laughs> we need their the help that they contribute to this program so yeah the, the coaching staff and I try to make sure that I recognize them every time especially when we talk to the team after conferences like don't just Thank and recognize the efforts and the contributions and the sacrifices they make now. You know, recognize it every day. Is they, There's a lot of other things they could be doing with their time, and they choose to, to contribute to helping this program keep clicking.
0: Definitely noteworthy for what your staff takes out of their day to come and work with yeah. the student-athletes to give them the experience, especially some of them being alums, uh, to give back to the program's definitely beneficial for them. But to see the program still be successful Throughout the years is yeah. definitely something. So thank you to the staff as yes, well from, from us for growing, succeeding, and everything that uh, contributes to this program. Now let's move to the Atlantic Region Track and Field Championships that we were able to host uh, this past year. I think we were on schedule to host it in a previous year, but with yeah. all kinds of conditions, it's moved to this this past season. Talk a little bit about that, because it was a very large taking to to host a regional meet with as many institutions represented on campus to live stream a track uh, meet at Rocco Calvo, and Bridgman. Track uh, was definitely very exciting from my standpoint, being yeah. able to to give that experience. But um, talk a little bit about how that was hosting.
1: Well, since you said about live streaming, uh, thanks to, might as well thank you guys at this point because I think we we have like five thousand. We had over some five thousand unique, unique views. Yeah, yes. so that's really cool to see that. You know, I mean, it's obviously a big event that stretches from upstate New York to New Jersey to most of Pennsylvania, including like Carnegie Mellon, for example, is mm-hmm. out of Pittsburgh. They're viewing here, so facilitating that with the. Um, with the live stream was so helpful for obviously families and you know mm-hmm. that couldn't quite make it, but. Yeah, the whole event—it's—it's it's an ordeal, no doubt. That takes there's so much planning that you don't realize that goes on. From making sure, like we're uh, Coach John and I were working with um, our police department or with campus safety in you know February, planning out how we're gonna map out where the buses go. Where are we putting parking for spectators? Um, I was working with facilities, and my goodness, uh, they deserve so much credit too for what they contribute to trying to help up the meet um, or keep the meet up. For example, um, I was setting up on I think it's the First morning, and I asked them to kind of help set up the award stand with me. And out of the blue, they bring in you know their their carton trailer with all these flowers, flowers that yeah. came out of the blue that I never expected them to buy. So like, there's little subtleties like that that other people contribute to help make this go. Um, that goes into planning it. Uh, the whole athletic department. Uh, Bryn and um, Mary Beth and Rebecca helping to get the whole staff involved to help with raking the pits for a uh, long jump, to delivering food. Like there's so many moving pieces that people don't don't see. So uh, and on I, top of that, you have to coach. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. and I, uh, truth be told, when it comes to this meet, and I warned the athletes about this, I'm <laughs> I was managing a meet. There wasn't much coaching going on because there's just a ton of things going on. Making sure the restrooms are in good order. To whatever it is, there's it's controlled chaos, and I don't know if controlled is even the right <laughs> right uh, word for it, but it just is the nature of our sport or big mm-hmm. events like that, and yeah. that's fine. It's exciting to see it come together and go go relatively smooth. There's always hiccups. How are you not going to have hiccups in a two-day meet? But yeah. there's a coach from another school that wound up emailing the whole governing body afterwards and was really complimentary of how the atmosphere that was there. So that's rewarding when you see what it meant to the athletes and them being happy and hearing coaches saying it's a good experience. Ultimately, one of the goals of the organization for this meet is get people to nationals. Mm-hmm. we got a lot of people to NCAAs because of this meet. So yeah, I, I, it's in the moment, it's stressful. And the planning going up <laughs> to it is definitely stressful. <laughs> yes. But you can see that everything that everyone contributed, not just the track coaches, but what our athletic department did, what facilities did, what you guys did, to see it pay off with a good experience for the 57 I think it is schools that are all coming here um it's it's it makes or kind of makes up for all the time that you put into it or you know justifies all the effort you put into it
0: it was so exciting to, to see all the amount of student athletes that were there but them just kind of doing their own thing whether it was cheering on their yeah. their other teammates in events the, st- the i was sitting in the bleachers trying to uh film and and whatnot and the amount of student athletes just pressed up against the wall watching yeah. like either hurdles or sprints and then being able to have the the runway cam which was such a unique experience at least at our level was so cool to look back and watch and like hearing the feedback from either parents or the student athletes that tuned in the day before and telling us that it was a really cool experience. The conference really appreciated it. So all of those little things, just from my perspective, made it that much more unique. I think we set the bar pretty high if we're going to try to do this yeah. throughout uh, the year. But uh, yeah, I don't the... know if I'm <laughs> really eager to do it again. Yeah. But
1: um, <laughs> it was still, uh, again yeah, like. It was cool to be able to pull out. And there's, again, there's things that went wrong. You are just talking about the, the fans. I was actually talking with the organizing body. So, for example, we allowed, or we were pretty liberal with letting people on the infield, for example. And sometimes it became an issue with viewing. And, yeah. like, you need a space to warm up because we don't have an, or tons and tons just, of space yeah, to warm up. So correct. we kind of need to allow the infield for that. But it kind of turned into a little more mob mentality. It's tough to see yeah. some of the finish line, stuff like that. So there's little stuff you learn in hindsight that didn't go... As well, but the flip side of it, like it's so exciting when the 200 is going off and you, and you just have a wall a of, people of people right on mm-hmm. the infield. And that's what I mean, the 200 times, especially, just went off the chart for yeah. not just Moravian, the the field in general. So there are a lot of events where that kind of contributed to some chaos and there's maybe a negative spin to it, but just the atmosphere is really fun and exciting. So, yes. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. I keep thinking controlled chaos comes to mind with all of that, but it, there are a lot of positives that came from hosting the meet. And again, I think by and large we created a pretty good experience. Not just track the whole, again, everyone that contributed. We created a pretty good experience for a lot of programs and athletes. What can you do with business phone from Penn Data?
0: Make a conference call from the coffee shop, or connect from the back nine.
1: With unlimited phone services, 24-hour support, and mobile synergy, our cloud-based technology makes it easy to do business from anywhere, and we do mean anywhere. No more being stuck in the office. Which is great for everyone. I think.
0: think. Add cloud-based business phone service from Penn Teledata.
1: Historic Hotel Bethlehem is perfect for any stay. The finely appointed rooms and suites are complemented by excellent dining choices featuring Chef Michael Adams, the taproom for drinks and casual fare, or an upscale dining experience with a view at 1741 on the terrace. For business meetings, visit our Executive Conference Center, stop by our Women's Boutique for a selection of fashion and jewelry, or grab a cone at our Hotel B ice cream parlor. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is where our history will make the memory of your stay last a lifetime.
0: Are you looking to get your hands on Moravian University Greyhounds gear? Head over to moraviansports.com and click the link Sideline Store under the tab Fan Zone to find our Moravian Apparel Store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Greyhounds from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to the Moravian Athletic Sideline Store today. Powered by BSN Sports. Speaking of getting a lot of individuals to nationals, we were able to send one to nationals and Shane Mastro. So talk about his first experience going to nationals. Uh
1: yeah, you could never quite prepare for it. And luckily, well, I guess the first thing I want to say with him too is like he's one of those ones that I was kind of talking about culture buying in, working throughout you know the the season, all kind of stuff. Like he got himself to nationals because of that. He's one of those athletes that We've got the, we call them uh, whatever, muscle blasters or whatever. They're just kind of like the massage guns. He's the type of athlete that will come in every day at like noon or whatever it is, and he's taking care of himself that way. He's the one that's making the extra appointments, the athletic training room, um, you know, paying attention to details in the off season all that kind of stuff so like he not to say other people don't earn their way to nationals but he's one of the ones that does the little stuff right And you're really happy to see that payoff the long journey a lot of close calls of him nearly make, making nationals some other years and to kind of see all that work pay off so that was that was cool and with that said with the national experience like I was glad he's able to enjoy it um being uh whatever a fifth year senior I think helped him have a little more perspective when we've gone to nationals with other people. Sometimes it's a little—I don't know if intimidating is the right word—but it's a new experience. There's a lot of pop and circumstance that goes into it, so it can be almost a distraction being in a big, um, stage like big that, meet, yeah. big stage, yeah, like that. But I think his um, experience in general helped him with that, and he threw really well. Yep. Um, but just the second. Field or the second flight at nationals just all of a sudden took off, and he would have had a set of huge PR to wind up making it to finals. But like he threw really well, he bettered his um, place from his seed coming into nationals. Like mm-hmm. he competed well, like. All yeah, he you always. For. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want to be an all American, of course. But he threw, you know, one of his better throws of his career while he is out there. Had an awesome experience. So yeah, we were really happy with how it went for him. And again, especially for him, he's the type of guy. Not to say that he's the only one, but you want to root for him because he just did Absolutely. all the little stuff right. Worked his tail off throughout the year. You saw the progression from freshman year to senior or first to his fifth year. Or so um, yeah, it's kind of a, one of those feel good stories.
0: The academic side for the for both squads as well as serving pretty well for themselves, yeah. including Natalie Stabilito being named the landmark yeah. women's outdoor track and field senior scholar-athlete for the conference, and Shane Houghton also received the Moravian Male Scholar-Athlete Award. So that's definitely something to take pride in, that your athletes are student-athletes, yeah. um, and both, of the, both squads getting named to the USTFCCCA <laughs> all-academic teams as well, with some individuals getting in there as well.
1: Yeah, I guess first I want to give some credit to John DeTavio here, because he does a lot of the facilitating of some of the study halls that we have with the team. So we put some effort into facilitate, facilitating opportunities to help students or help our student-athletes. And again, John DeTavio deserves a lot of credit for that. But then part of it is with, I think one of the things I've observed with our sport is generally you're not competing in front of you know droves of people. You're not like at a basketball game. You have tons of people cheering on where I'm going with this is you generally have to be pretty intrinsically motivated to be a track and field athlete or a cross-country athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not, again, sprinting down the sidelines in front of 5,000 people cheering you on. No, yeah. you got to put in grunt work that no one else sees in January or June um, to be really good. And that mentality to be successful in the sport generally also applies to academics. You know, you don't have a cheering squad studying for your chemistry exam mm-hmm. either. You know? yeah, so yeah. the attributes that make you a strong athlete in this sport very often correlate with the things that make you a strong student so I think it's kind of built into our sport not that it isn't with others but mm-hmm. with our sport I think being a strong devoted student athlete is built into it but again it does take some effort again I need to give John DeTavio a lot of credit for the work he puts into helping some of the science behind the scenes work but we're blessed to have some good people too you mentioned I haven't even talked about Natalie and Shane they're obviously made nationals in cross country this mm-hmm. year awesome awesome people I was talking about Shane Master and what a great uh, student athlete he is and how hard he works. Natalie and Shane Houghton are the exact same way. They're just, you know, really positive affirmations for them. But really, they're just hard workers, good people. That's why they're good students. That's why they're great athletes.
0: Absolutely. So we talked about kind of this past year so far. There are a couple things in alumni news that can be noteworthy with Hall of Fames. We'll start with Christina Sherwin being named to the NCAA Division Three Track and Field Hall of Fame for her time as a Greyhound and also the most recent uh, Hall of Fame Moravian Athletics Hall of Fame that'll be coming up. Abigail Schaefer and Eric Woodruff Campbell also getting inducted to the Hall of Fame uh, this coming season. So talk a little bit about them as much as you can. Okay. Uh, I, I know not coaching them all of them, but mm-hmm. um, kind of talk about what that outlook is for the program to then show the current student athletes what is what the potential is.
1: We still have Christina Sherwin's Olympic jersey or, I mean, her, her Danish jersey in the mm-hmm. office because we want to show people. You don't have a lot of Olympians <laughs> that are at uh, D3 programs or come from D3 universities. So she's someone, I someone and she's an awesome person. I never coached Christina, but I met mm-hmm. her a few times and she's been great with helping us. Like when we had a clinic a few years ago, she's willing to contribute to that. She's been really nice to our staff. She's an awesome person. And then obviously, she is a tremendous athlete, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but then with – and I only coached Abby for one year, and then Eric was a little before my time, but I've gotten to know them, especially Abby because she helped coach with Correct. us for yep. a couple of years too. Yep. But um, they're just great people. I know Rob Schaefer, who's on our staff, who had a little more of a direct connection with Eric, couldn't you know say enough good things about his work ethic, who he was as a person, just a humble, hard worker, awesome person to be around. You don't get many athletes like that. You don't get to work with many athletes like that. Unfortunately, I didn't get to work with them, but I guess it's just that, that they were such – high caliber, hard workers, uh, they're they're really good people to spotlight. and We do all the time. Eric has got, whatever you want to call it, one of his pictures on the wall down in the the new locker rooms. I make sure we're taking athletes down down there or when we're recruiting, and brag about how you know he's hitting USATF qualifying standards, <laughs> and he is a four-time national champ. Uh, that's among the reasons we did the new record board project to highlight what Abby just and say, Eric yeah. and Christina and all of our national champions have done. We've had some phenomenal athletes that I can't really take much credit for. You know, many were before my time. but <laughs> And that's also, I want to give some credit to John DeTavio. He is the one that really uh, encouraged us highlighting our national champions more. But uh, yeah, we've had some really good athletes walk through the halls here. I guess maybe that goes back to giving Coach Pollard some credit too. He had a lot to do with them too. But yeah, we make sure that we highlight them as much as we can in recruiting, and yeah, we're really happy to have them coming back uh, for the Hall of Fame, whatever it is. A couple of months here, and yeah, Friday,
0: a, Friday, October seventh. Get a little plug in Johnson there, yeah. Good Hall, <laughs> little Hall of Fame plug for the class of two thousand and twenty-two. So. Yeah,
1: and hopefully we'll have more coming up. Uh, we've had some other national champs we want to, or we're hoping will be uh, in the Hall of Fame at some point moving forward, and not just. National champions have been blessed with a lot of good athletes over the year. Absolutely. Including the ones we just, we've talked about and then you know yeah. previously in this podcast.
0: It's incredible to see the culture that has been sustained and that you've been able to fulfill conference champions, individual champions, and just continuing to bring in quality student athletes that benefit the program, but also see them grow into wonderful individuals. Yeah. So that's the one thing taking away as a coach. And what I've learned from talking to a lot of the coaches in the department is it's not always about the wins and losses, even though those do come in with the, the nature of athletics, but seeing and being able to build relationships with the student-athletes during their time here that extend past their time at Moravian. So what has that been like for you, just kind of reflecting back on your time? Because you've been over here for over yeah. a decade now, so you've seen – how things have changed and you've been able to build relationships, what's that been like for you?
1: Yeah, that's, it's. I guess, maybe just in general, the alumni connection. I don't know if I'm spinning off in the way you thought with this question, but that's something that when I came here, whenever in 2011 or whenever I got here, that um, I wanted at least be an initiative or at least uh, one of the things I want to try and build off of. Because I think it's, there's, We've had a lot of great alums, a lot of great people. I was uh, actually just driving out to uh, Wisconsin to visit family a couple of weeks ago, and I uh, was visiting with Pat Egan, one of our alums out in yeah. Cleveland, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's nice I have a place to stay. <laughs> so uh, I guess one of the, the tangible benefits or something like that. But no, I was literally just texting a couple of alums before we did this broadcast about the cross-country alumni event we have coming up. We talked about Coach P and how we encourage alums to come back to that. So I like to try and to engage the alums because, I don't know, I knew what it was like being an alum. I, you know, It's a place that you spend a lot of time at. And you took a lot of pride in, and you still reminisce with some of your your whatever your teammates from decades ago. Sometimes about what could have been, the wins, the losses, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I just have always enjoyed engaging with the alums and hearing the old stories about Coach Pollard or Mark Will Weber or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. You know, the the fun times at nationals, or sometimes the times they're just goofing around in the the minutia of the of what it's like being on the team. You know, just the random practices that yep. don't show up on. Uh, whatever, on a web page, but just you have fond memories from. So I don't think I'm answering this question really coherently, but it's just I think in general having a good connection with alums. There are a lot of really fun things and beneficial things that come from having that rapport and that relationship.
0: I mean, being an alum of Moravian myself, not a student-athlete, but knowing the connections I've been able to build with student-athletes because of being around the programs and being able to cover so many different programs, seeing the ups and downs. And it's not always about the wins and losses because those connections just – I, I, like I think of Alec Duncan being an alum of the program yeah. and being very good friends with him. Yes, the meets were great, but it's the bus rides, it's yeah. the practices where yeah. they're challenging each other and who pushed who to do to get better. All those memories aren't necessarily just about one meet or like one individual experience. It's culmination of how everything came together and why they ultimately chose Moravian. Yeah. So being able to have that experience and choosing Moravian. Now that means so much more to them than just maybe a record or not getting a record. It's that whole experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, you kind of said we can all relate to that as alums. It's of course I remember some of the the wins lost type stuff, but simple bus rides mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, that's just the bus rides. It's whatever is a, a practice we'd have, a tradition we'd have. Um, that's why we like John and I and our staff, we try and build in little things too where um, we've had a tradition we've done in the last couple of years, Tim King actually had a lot to do with helping to uh, facilitate this, we do this uh, inter-squad heptathlon meet and everyone has to do a different event of what they usually can compete in. The whole goal is kind of touching on what you talked about. I'm not saying it's an all-inclusive, it covers everything you want to establish with having a, a memorable experience, but it's one of the little things where we try and have some fun experiences, get them to engage and, you know, get to remember their time or you know create bonds with the team that aren't just did you win when we went to the landmark championships or something like that you Mm -hmm. know try and create a more enriching experience so not to say that we are always perfect in that but at least it is a thought process that we try and always incorporate into what we're doing here
0: so as we get close to wrapping up the episode here we're getting closer to the fall (laughs) and cross-country season is upon us you already talked about now switching that mindset from track to back to cross country obviously overlap and whatnot what do we have to look forward to for this upcoming season because you're coming off of a men's championship a very uh positive finish for the women's squad in cross country we're not hosting a, a, <laughs> a landmark conference <laughs> nope, meet this year. year so what what do we have to look forward to coach
1: with the men we returned pretty much everyone that we had that helped win the conference meet uh last year so we have pretty high expectations that said, the conference is strong. The region didn't get any easier. TC and J, rowing a few other schools in our region had some really good springs. So, if we're talking about the men, it's not going to get any easier. But the guys are working. They're very, very, very driven and motivated. So, mm-hmm. there's no guarantees, but I think we can be really successful and build on what we had last year. A lot of youth in that program. A lot as well. of youth, and quite frankly, I, we've been talking a lot throughout the entire year about our objective is to get a team to nationals. I'm not going to say that it's you know it's uh, sitting out there. In a silver platter it's really easy to obtain but we should be in the mix when we get there in November for our men's program um, we have a couple of really good freshmen coming in too that I'm really excited about Brian Kirchner Jackson Gaffney uh, we just picked up Joey Allegro uh, they are people that can contribute pretty early on too so we've got some exciting young pieces to you know fold into this as well. And the other thing is you always see some sophomore jumps. You talk about any sport, you know, yeah. NFL, it doesn't matter what it is, that second year jump. So there's some people like Jeffrey Kleinberg is someone I'm really intrigued by. For example, he really took off in the 400 to this year. He's been training his tail off. I think he's going to adapt the 8K a lot better. Obviously Owen Nafe is I mean, he really exploded as we got more through the end of the year Nate Hagel. There's a lot of people I'm not naming all, but mm-hmm. I think we'll have some pretty good progressions with that. And with the women, we lost a couple of really key seniors. I'm Marianne, uh, santina Birock, obviously Natalie Stabilito, who went to nationals. So yep. that's never easy to overcome. But uh, Amber Panictra really started to take off at the end of the track season. We saw Rachel Goodman really start to take off in the steeplechase, mm-hmm. some positive signs. And then I'm really, really, really excited about our incoming freshman class. The thing is, they're freshmen, so it's an adaptation. So you don't know what you're going to get. A few of them are a little more track inclined or a little more middle distance oriented. So there's a little uncertainty how they're going to adapt to the 6K. And if I'm being totally honest, I, I kind of don't know what to expect, to be yeah. quite frank. Yeah. I know we're going to be really good. I just don't know if it's going to be you know right out of the gates or if it's going to take a little time to develop. Mm-hmm. A couple of newcomers, we even just have a new transfer coming in from Rider, who I think has a lot of upside, uh, Angela Ridinger. There's a lot of interesting pieces. That I'm just, they're new. We have eight newcomers, so. You don't know exactly what to expect. We'll we'll be good. I just don't know <laughs> exactly when it's going to all come together the way you envision or we envision.
0: Well, in that, and I don't know if the word normal is, is the word, but hopefully a normal preseason yeah. to kind of get into the swing of things. So how exciting is that? Just to to have the incoming classes you do, the team that's coming back, but a relatively normal preseason.
1: Yeah, I think that stuff. Sometimes I don't know. You almost. Take for granted, or something like that, where yeah, we can just meet, we can practice like we've uh, we have in the past. Yeah, just all the stuff that the restrictions that we just there's so much adaptation, and now we're kind of feels like, for the most part, Mm -hmm. we're back to you know pre pandemic, so we can just. Train and I mean there are times and I know this happened with other high schools for example you had to be like little training pods where you had to train separately and you I mean one of the benefits to our sport is you want to have a big cluster of people that are pushing you correct in in workouts and in long runs and stuff like that so just not having to worry about any of that kind of stuff is yeah sometimes you almost take for granted you know you do take for granted what it was like and the benefits of it and now we seems like we're more or less to a place where we're past that. Not that I'm complaining, I understand, of course, <laughs> why well, we went through the, the protocols and restrictions, yeah, yeah. so I don't mean to sound, you know, uh, whatever, like I'm complaining about that, but it's still, it's it's nice to be past some of those restrictions, too. It uh, makes a lot of logistics easier.
0: Well, Jesse, thank you for spending time with me again, sitting down for this episode of the Hound Settle podcast. Got a lot to look forward to. We got yep. a full year of nonstop from cross-country mm-hmm. indoor and outdoor track. Try to enjoy this last week or two <laughs> before we finally get yeah. ramped up into into August and spend some time getting ready for cross country. So I appreciate you taking time with me. Yep,
1: and again, thanks for this, and thanks for your help with the ARTFCs and everything that you guys do throughout the year. So thank you very much.
0: Of course, thanks, Jesse. I always enjoy sitting down and talking with Jesse Bauman, the director of cross country and track and field. On this episode, we had the opportunity to reflect on this past indoor and outdoor track and field season, including the most recent women's outdoor track and field championship, to hosting three outdoor track and field meets, including the AARTF regional championship meet, to what we have to look forward to for this upcoming cross country season. Be sure to follow the cross country and track and field programs on social media at XCTF on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's MoravianXCTF if you haven't done so already go ahead and follow the moravian university athletics accounts as well that's all i have for you on this episode of the hound subtle podcast until next time i am lj smith signing off